Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Thursday, September the 1st. All right, all right, all right. We're going to stay here for a good time, not a long time today, people. First, looking forward to fantasy football. I know I am. Got my drafts coming up next week. All of them. Mm, get your money, baby. The wild card race is heating up in the MLB, but first, Serena is going out on top. Finally, you're going out on top, baby. Uh, so sit back, relax, and we'll see you on the other side. Another week, another week in sports. We're going to stay here for a good time, not a long time this week, people. We're going to get through this together as a family. Where do we start this with? Where do we start? We got to start at the U.S. Open. Serena Williams wins again to move forward and possibly her last matches ever. Presumably the GOAT of all the tennis. Men and women, some say, but at least women, even though she doesn't hold all the records, her U.S. Open record is exceptional. Um, she has the highest winning percentage of any person in any majors, which is awesome because I know um, we got the young man's name already, but who who plays very well at the French Open, Rafael Nadal. He balls out over there. Serena Williams is going out like Kobe. And his last hurrah, he went out with 60 points. Now, it's not going to be the same because she's up for a championship. That was just the end of a regular season. But, see, that's a team sport versus individual sport. If that was an individual sport, he would have won a championship that day, damn it. So, Kobe Bean Bryant, my GOAT. Even though Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the GOAT, but Kobe's the GOAT of the Lakers. And the Lakers are my favorite franchise. So, Kobe Bean Bryant, my GOAT. And Serena Williams, she is my GOAT as well. I love watching her. Um, she, she does exceptionally well. Um, the thing that's crazy about all this What's lost in all this is Venus for the last like decade. We forget that when they first came on the scene over 20 years ago. Shoot, man, how many years? Is it like 25 years? Because she started when she was what, 17? And we're the same age. So she's gonna, she's 41. Wow. We're talking about over 24, 24, 25 years of dominance. She says she had a target on her back since 1998. It was the first time she could play without a target on her back. So it was a lot of fun. She out here just beating these young girls like they stole something. She don't have to be their big sister. Some of them, they mamas. Like Coco Golf, she could be her mama. Y'all understand that? She could be Coco Golf's mama. Anyways, who's balling out right now, too? So Serena Williams going out like Kobe. Mm, mm, mm. All right, where else we go from here? To the MLB. In the MLB, the Dodgers right now in a small series versus the New York Mets. These are the two top teams in the National League going at it. This is a possible potential pennant game. They with with uh, Turner's Justin Turner's homer being taken back. Mookie Betts goes yard. He's tied for his most ever home runs in the season. He did well, but they still went down two one after the Mets went ahead and stole a home run from my boy Turner. 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 Justin Turner. Got it. Stolen away. They lost 2-1. But right now, the Dodgers are still the best team in all of baseball, especially the National League. And they are the favorites to win it, but the Mets are right there with them. Right now, currently as it stands um, in the National League, the Mets are 83-48. and 48, And the Dodgers are 90-39. and 39. Right now, if the Dodgers can go at least 500 they will break their own record. They, they will be the most wins in franchise history. And you know, Dodgers are one of the most storied franchise in all of baseball, going back to Brooklyn. All right, the Dodgers can bounce back um, tonight at 1 p.m. and find your local listings for that. This was the first win that DeGrom, who's one of the best, probably the best pitcher in today's game, first win versus the Dodgers. He got a lot of help to do so. But the fact that he kept the Dodgers only to one run, that goes a lot. Because the Dodgers did their job, kept the team to two. That's not bad. But two 
or one or so just wasn't enough. So that's going to be great. Let's look at the um right now. I believe is the for the wild card because right now the Mets have a firm lead. Well, not really. The Braves are right there, only three games behind, and Brewers are six games behind the Cardinals. So as of right now, the Brewers and the Braves are leading candidates for getting it, um, getting in there. But after that, it's kind of meat. Maybe the Phillies should get it because they have a nice uh, cushion on the Cubs and the Padres. So um, that should be your, it should be no secret who comes out of the NL, but the American League is a little closer because the Rays aren't that far back and neither are the Blue Jays in the AL East versus the Yankees. Um, the Guardians have a narrow knee over the Twins as well, but whoever wins that division is most likely going on. So they're not other teams that are going to win the uh, wild card slots. The Guardians and the Twins in a game and a half off of each other as we approach October. Um, the Astros and the Mariners um, is 11 game difference there, 11 and a half. I feel like only the Astros will be representing the AL West. The tight race for wild cards will be coming out of the AL East. The AL East because the Mariners actually they do have a game up or half of a game up on the uh, Blue Jays, but you never know. That'd be a tight race. Hopefully they could get two out of AL West and the Astros and the Mariners who have not Mariners have not been there in recent years. <clears throat> Going on to other current sport right now, we're talking about the WNBA and the WNBA. It was epic. You guys got to be watching this. You got to be watching this because my girl Candace. Parker, Candace Parker bounced back from that game one loss to the Connecticut Sun to take a 1-1 series uh, tie. As you know, as if you didn't know, the Sky are 11-1 after a loss this season. 11-1. So they lost in game one. They're 11-1. The only funny thing about that is Connecticut Sun have the exact same record. The two best records. And they're, they're both tied for second place all time for a record after a loss. 11 to 1, both of them this season. I believe the the one who's leading that is the Shock. I believe it was the Detroit Shock way back in the 90s or something, early 2000s, who have it for 13 and 1. So they still can go ahead and, and, and bounce back from that. So the Sun can bounce back this Sunday. They got it really spaced out for traveling, but this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2, that's a must watch game, a pivotal game three. Whoever wins this game has a high percentage of winning the series you gotta watch that that game will be in connecticut on espn2 this weekend so they the who's 11 and one's gonna bust somebody's gotta lose back-to-back games to, to to win actually that's not true the sun can go and win every other game and still win the series since they won game one so the chicago sky have to do have to win back-to-back games to win it this may be the game to watch um, the other game that came on was the las vegas aces one of my other favorite teams that's my that's my uh, stepchild team or whatever, because every time the Sparks are on well, I watch the Aces. I've gone to Aces game. I've only been to an Aces game and Sparks home game. That's the only games I've been to. So that must be my other team. That's back when Cam Beige was there. But I digress. The Aces, Aja Wilson, they come back from losing game one to the underdogs of these playoffs, the Seattle Storm. But they got Stewie over there, and they also got my girl, um, damn. Sue Bird. Sue Bird in her final game, her final um, games in her 21-year career, playing only for one team, only duplicated by the one Dirk Davisky, uh, to play for one franchise. And the thing is, in the WNBA, that's unheard of. The way their contracts are set up, they move around like nobody's business. You could be a top star. You have to be, you know how good you have to be, how much of a staple you have to be in the community to stay for one team that long in the WNBA. Go look it up. There's nobody even close to staying with a franchise 20 plus years. 20 plus seasons so um that's amazing so um but the aces the top seed in all the playoffs got their revenge versus the seattle storm um and a series is now tied 1-1 aj wilson put on the performance for the ages it's her first time getting 30 and 10 in a playoff game and she actually ended up with 33 13 and three blocks <clears throat> that game comes on preceding um the chicago sky and connecticut sun game this game comes on at 3 p.m eastern standard time but on abc prime tv mm, one of these days they could do a double header on abc or just do one game a day i mean just do one game on saturday i, I don't know but i feel like p- putting it on espn too if you don't have the espn app you might not even watch that game so um i kind of i kind of hope and wish they could change that in the future so aj wilson balling out and balling 
out. So that's good to see. Um, in other news, the Raiders, my Raiders, my Raiders went ahead and cut, and cut Leatherwood, their number one overall pick in 2021. Just right, right the other the other day, just just seconds ago. And I remember at the time, even though he came from Alabama, the people said that's an early pick. It, it was it was reminiscent. I mean, it's not as bad, but it's reminiscent as Anthony Bennett being drafted number one overall with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he was a busting out the league. The thing is, if he was if he was picked in the second round or late first round, which where he was projected to be picked, he might still be in the league because his contract would fit. That's the issue with the way it's set up. His contract would fit his skill set. Like Draymond Green was came in the second round, and to me, they were very similar players coming out of college. Actually, Anthony Bennett was better than Draymond Green coming out of college, but he was picked too high, and now he's out of the league. I feel like, but the thing with Leatherwood, he going he he's got picked up right away by the Bears. I've watched Leatherwood; he is trash. He is he did not deserve to be a number one overall pick for an organization. At best, third round, take that risk, get that lower contract, and maybe they could have worked out him better. But because of the fact he was picked so high. He's pegged to be this guy, and when he doesn't reach that, I think a lot of that could play in their psyche as well. They're like, dude, I'm not, I'm not living up to this contract. I could get cut any day. I have a lot of pressure. Some of these guys fold under that pressure. Like, don't try to be too smart in this, people. Don't be like, oh, we're gonna get this diamond. We're gonna show. Like, this isn't. You got none of you guys were Sam Presti in OKC, who's able to see that Westbrook, who's come off the bench in UCLA. His last season, he did start, but this guy's coming off the bench, got picked fourth overall, and this guy ended up being a future MVP of the league and to be the the all-time triple-double master. We just saw an athlete, and the funny thing is, now he's regressed back to being just an athlete, but I digress once again. Don't try to overthink this. Look at the people's psyche. Look at their mental, and then actually look at their play. A lot of these guys who do the scouting, they kind of know what they're doing. Try to lean on that. Don't make it be the rule because that's the fact. Let them do your job. You still have to do your due diligence. But damn it, when we when he was picked that night, everybody was like, what's going on here? You set yourself up for failure because guess what happens later when he doesn't pan out? We said, we told you so. Now he's a bear. We know that the Chicago Bears love to pick up our old garbage. You know that's what they like to do. That's what the Bears do. They said, ooh, the Raiders are getting rid of him. The Raiders are getting rid of him. Maybe we should pick him up. When has the Raiders done anything of any significance god damn it come on man you guys are kicking yourself but leatherwood is gone from the raiders now to something more serious something that i really wanted to touch on yes i'm a raiders fan but i'm also a fan of certain players and i remember when uh garrett over there with the cleveland browns had his incident in a game no less but an incident nonetheless when he swung Rudolph's helmet his way connecting but it wasn't flush it was the padded part I remember the whole encounter Rudolph antagonized the entire thing when they were when he tackled the, the thing is the game was over the game was set and you guys are still running plays so now Tom Lee put your guy in a bad position Garrett's not some punk, one of the top guys. He was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald, in my opinion. He was he, not that he was ever that great, but he was dominant until he wasn't. He's still good, but people like Aaron Donald overshadow him. We'll get to Aaron Donald in a minute. I'm gonna go stick with Garrett. He does what he does, and he claims later, and I knew something was up that Rudolph had a racial slur. People came to his defense, but later on, you know the truth because I know Tomlin grilled him. And he was able, he, he's a leader of men. I'm sure he got the information he needed from him because this man never saw the light of day again. You truly back your guy. When your quarterback was out injured, he should have kept him playing, but he didn't. So he believed Aaron Donald's thing. But this is the thing, Aaron, not Aaron Donald. Garrett got suspended for like the rest of the season. And people were on a rampage. Stephen A's of the world were going in on him. Shannon Sharp going in. And I said, mm. and it, oh, it's a weapon. He needs to, that needs to be charges coming up against him. I remember this like it was yesterday. And I disagree with all of them. I think I had a show that day too. I've been doing this for the fourth season, people. You better ask about me. And this dude was getting 
just raked over the coals and he had to make this big old apology all this crap because this black man hit a white dude in the head on primetime television that's really what it was it's all about image you really think the nfl gives a damn about the well-being of the players only when it suits them because now just this past week when aaron donald does the same thing with two helmets two what happened oh but it was in a practice you 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 have a practice you have a scrimmage versus the last two teams that play against each other doing a regular or, or they're doing a, a, a organized nfl sanctioned game the super bowl and you want to have them these guys already have bad blood because of that super bowl so you know stuff's gonna happen spitting in each other's face cussing each other out i know ac you can attest to it. you played in the nfl you know i know you listening my brother that's gonna be heated, and 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 I know why the coaches do it. They say those practices are better than a lot of those pre than the preseason games themselves. They say it's more controlled atmosphere. Is it? Is it controlled? Because Aaron Donald's over here cracking people on the head. You know what penalties came against Aaron Donald? So did we really care? They said, "Oh, wasn't a NFL sanctioned event." Okay, so when these players out here beating up on women, it's all about protecting the shield and protecting the players from themselves. Setting a precedent saying that this cannot be tolerated because of what can could be detrimental to the other player. Did he actually act to crack his skull open for them to actually do something about it? But because there's no known injuries, there's no harm, no foul. There's no known injuries to Rudolph. But yet Garrett was sat down. And also you got to think about who it is. Aaron Donald should have been the uh, Super Bowl MVP. He, was, he got that winning sack to, to finish the game. Put the ring up, pointed to the finger, right? They had to persuade this man to come back, pay him some big coins. He's like, I'm done. I did what I came to do. I've been here for like eight years. I'm good. Got a Super Bowl. Did this, did that, did that, ran it. His numbers may not show, but if you look at the numbers over the period of time he's played, he's dominant. Probably the best ever. That's over LT. Mm. Right? And from the position, he does it from a defensive tackle, not an end. That's tough to come up the middle, up the gut with it. That's strength. He doesn't even look like the strongest dude ever, but you seen his neck? Anyways, I digress. <clears throat> For everyone to wave it off, Aaron Donald said it was just a practice. It was football. It was just a game. It was football when Garrett did it. In my opinion, it was football. He got upset. The dude called him a nigger. Okay, okay. These double standards, man. These double standards, man. So, hey, it is what it is. No true penalties coming their way. And it's just football, man. It's just football. All right. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562 PDA 7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. From Wipeout, comedian Nicole Byer turns 36 this week. And Beehive, Beyonce, Beyonce turns 41 this week. Mikel Bridges in the NBA turns 26. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Dante Bosco turns 47 this week. And Jalen Brunson from New York Knicks turns 26. She want to dance with somebody. BB Rexha turns 33 this week. And Cam Reddish turns 23. Cameron Diaz turns 50 this week. And Marcus and Marquise Morris turns 33. Warren Buffett turns 92 this week. And from Superfly and Grownish, Trevor Jackson turns 26. From Family Union, Cameron J. Wright turns 17 this week. And Brandon Ingram turns 25. TJ Warren, new Brooklyn Nets. 
TJ Warren turns 29 this week, and Michael Michelle, she turns 56. Funny man, Chris Tucker turns 51 this week, and Sarah Ramirez turns 47. Jeff Hardy from the Hardy Boys turns 45 this week, and Richard Greer turns 73. Um, that's Joe Buttons. Joe Buttons, pump, pump, pump it up. Turns 42 this week. And Ember Moon, one of my favorite WWE stars who's been missing some time. I haven't seen her in a while. She turns 34. Patrick McCloud turns 33 this week. And Mickey James turns 43. Omni, the pop star writer. Omni turns 36 this week. And Zendaya, Zendaya turns 25. Larry Fitzgerald turns 39 this week. And from BTS, Jungkook turns 25. Red Foods, LMFAO, turns 47 this week, and Dr. Phil turns 72. Selma Hayek turns 56 this week, and Chanel West Coast turns 34. DJ Envy from The Breakfast Club turns 45 this week, Cat Williams. Damon, I'm a boy, turns 51. Keanu Reeves, that's John Wick. Keanu Reeves turns 58 this week, and from NCIS, Mark Harmon turns 71. Terry Bradshaw, Hall of Famer Terry Bradshaw turns 74 this week, and August Alcina, get out them entrapments, my brother, turns 30. Entanglements, I should say. Charlie Sheen turns 57 this week, and Light Skin Keisha turns 23. Sean White, snowboarder, turns 36 this week, and... WWE from the new day, Xavier Woods turns 36, and finally, 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 Damon Wayans turns 62. We have some honorable mentions. Shanka DeCure. Shanka DeCure passed away earlier this year, would have been 45 this week. Senator John McClain, who made a statement, made sure that 45 Donald Trump did not attend his funeral. Passed away 2018, would have been 86 this week. And finally, the king of pop, the king of music, in my estimation, my opinion, still affecting the youth today who are still mimicking his moves and still playing his music long after he's passed since 2009, would have been 64 this week. Well, that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What else happened? Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Man, what else can he not do? After 13 seasons playing the league and after winning another title, he says, you know what? I'm going to add something else to my legacy. I'm going to graduate finally and his mother got so emotional because i know he promised his mama this so at the graduation she had to not the graduation it was a ceremony but anyways when he had to he graduated getting high fives from the crowd got his jersey retired and then also went to the hall of fame at davidson all in one one swoop that was amazing Kudos to you, Steph. Kudos to you for going ahead and doing something that many players do not go back and do. And you got all those other accolades well-deserved. They had a stipulation where he could not get those things, could not go in the Hall of Fame, could not get his jersey retired unless he was an alum, a true alum, meaning you graduated from that university. So kudos to you, Steph Curry. Um, you keep on winning in life. Beautiful family. Um, you, you, you're handling your parents' divorce gracefully. Um, you stay true to your to your God and your religion. You make sure that you make sure that you keep all those things centered. You keep that in focus of your life. A lot of people sell their souls and you obviously didn't. And I'm very just I, I'm just in awe of everything you continue to do. So keep doing what you're doing, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all are actually the favorites to win it all again next season. And the thing is, you guys were my favorites going into last season for this season. I'm always looking ahead. Like, I feel like my Raiders are going to suck this year, but I think next year, that's their best chance of winning a Super Bowl, regardless who the quarterback is, because they're going to have a time to gel. They're going to have an easier, favorable schedule. A second year under the new coach, I just feel like it's, if they can stay healthy and, they, and, they, and depending how well they play, they might be able to recruit some other uh, 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 veterans. There's a lot of good veterans next season, but I digress. We're going to go back to this over here. Still on Steph Curry. I truly feel that they have their best chance because they have all the young talent. They're going to be better. You're going to have Wiseman. I feel like you can. You, you don't need Steph to run around as much with Wiseman. You won't. 
you'll have i think you'll have the other forwards doing back cuts and screens and everything like that even draymond might get some dimes from wiseman he start working through the post then also two wiseman could be their defensive anchor instead of draymond all the time maybe they go to the death lineup but with draymond out the game now you won't skip a beat now when the splash person come out the game you got somebody who's going to dominate he's going to give you like he, he can average 15 and 8 15 and 9 every night shit he can average 18 and 10 you still have all the other guys. You still got the Kamingas of the world and Moody's. So now your veterans, your, your Splash Brothers and Draymond can actually take nights off. They don't have to pay 70-plus games. They can all play 60. So you got the young boy. You have nights on back-to-backs where these guys don't have to play. I'm telling you, these guys can put up another 70 wins easily. Easily. And if the Nets can stay together, they should be facing the Nets in the final. Okay. Finishing off with the um, NBA. LeBron James just fresh off of getting rid of the potential rookie of the year and shed Holmgren and and, 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 a, and a scrimmage over there in Seattle. LeBron James made a statement that he wants to play now, not only with Bronny James, but also with his youngest son, Bryce, his middle child, who's the quirky, funny one who had a huge growth spurt, who is alleged to have the best jumper in the family. Interesting. LeBron James, I believe, I believe uh, Bryce is, what, 15? And if they pass the new rule coming up he can be able to go straight out of high school but that's still three years from now so lebron who's currently in his 20th season or approaching his 20th season who's approaching the age of 37 i believe he's making it very clear that he wants to play into his 40s he thinks he's tom brady however in tom brady's sport the quarterback is like playing flag football at this point you just got to have a decent arm and a decent mindset and basketball is completely different, especially the way that you play, LeBron. I know you're a physical freak, but damn it, if you play three more seasons, I, I just, I just, I just don't see it. I don't see you playing at a top level in three years. Maybe the next year or two, you might be able to play with Bronny, but with Bryce, that's a far fetch. That is a far fetch. If it does happen, be the first time ever in sports to play with two sons. I mean, if you're gonna do that, Lakers just go ahead and just do everything. Try to find a way to get Alonzo Ball and 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 and, and Lamelo and and uh, Jello on the team, and then LeBron and his sons. That'll be just one big family affair. That's half the team right there. <laughs> that will be something to see, man. You you know your season is crap when you sitting here talking about. I just want to play with my sons. Like you don't even care about winning a championship no more. I've never heard LeBron talk about not winning a championship ever, ever. Right now, he's just playing to put up stats. He's like, okay, by all-star break, I'm going to beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. I need to find those tickets. I forgot who they're playing against. I'm, I'm going to go to every other game in February, damn it. <laughs> That's when he's going to break the record. We'll go ahead and see that. All right. Final thing, final news. Uh, where is it? Talking about some boxing coming up. And I didn't get into any fantasy stuff. Um, my fantasy draft is actually next week. I have three. I have three drafts. One on Sunday, Monday, and I'm skipping Tuesday for the show. And Wednesday. And then the season starts that Thursday on the 7th. So that's how I have it right now. So I didn't get into it too much. I should have, but I guess I'll get into it next week when I'm actually doing some of the drafts and let you know who I picked and why I picked them and so forth and so on. Uh, final thing here, Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. That's his potential next matchup. They are projected to play uh, fight each other, I believe, October 29th. Let me look that up. Yep, October 29th. With, um, that's the tentative date. No time just as yet. Now, this is the thing. I will respect Jake Paul more. We've always said this. We will respect Jake Paul more if he went against an actual uh, true candidate, someone that could be like a true boxer. But this is the thing. Just like in a sport of boxing, to maintain your champion, and this guy's bringing in a ton of money by being the heat. He's doing the Mayweather approach. He's like, okay, I don't have to fight people at their best. He got Canelo early. He he got... um, other people on the way down he's doing the same thing and making just as much well i would say just as much money but making a lot of money making a lot of more money than a lot of these uh guys with these crappy promoters and and then boxing he's facing anderson silva who's 22 years his elder who made his bones in mma the thing is about anderson silva though is that in his total boxing matches one of them he fought julio Cesar chavez jr 
In all of his boxing matches, he's had four. In the four boxing matches, he's three and one. So, and his most recent fight, he fought, what, not too long ago. I forgot who he fought. He fought in 2021. Oh, that was Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., right. He fought before, before in 1998 and 2005, where he was one and one. Then he returned in 2021, beating Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in Mexico in September of just last year. Okay, he knocked out Tito Ortiz before in the first round. Um, I believe he's three and one with two knockouts. So, and they're about the same height. The tell of the tape. Anderson Silva, born in April 90, 1975, is six foot two. I did not realize he was six two. And I told you he had four boxing fights, three and one. Um, and then what? He had forty five MMA fights. So obviously, we know which one he's better at. But his averages of, of knockouts are a lot lower in MMA than it is in boxing. However, you can make people tap out. And Jake Paul, born in 97, like I said, 22-year difference is actually shorter by an inch. And his reach is shorter. I knew Anderson Silva has some long-ass arms. It's shorter by an inch and a half than Jake Paul. But he's younger and he's much bigger by like 25-plus pounds. So you got a guy who's 22 years older and is much smaller than you. Yes, he has a good knockout ratio and everything like that, but he has never fought anyone remotely your size in any level, whether it's MMA or boxing. Tell you, man, cookie cutter fights. That's what you got to do sometimes. Got to do the cookie cutter fights. But guess what? I might actually watch that. It's in October. We're doing big things in October, people. That is the golden time of all the sports with everybody shining. NHL, MLBs in the playoffs. Everybody's going for the pennant race. Football's back. Basketball's back. <sighs> Can't wait. So hopefully I might be in the zone to watch that one. All right, guys. That was the show this week. Come back next week. We'll have more of the time. As now, like I said before, we're here for a good time, not a long time. I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. You've been listening to The Time is now have a great day people we do not own the rights to this music tumbling dice seven on a day In the morning and face the sunlight You bounce on my love and uh, it's airtight Sometimes I'm curious on how you feel When you're screaming out my name Is it really for reality? Originality, my mentality Explore every possibility Let's get down, shorty time will reveal The only true test is pain You know the deal, love appears Like bright lights in the night sky Disappears in the blink of the teary eye That's why I'm seen, caught up in your love You are incredible, your love is a drug Are you the one that can hold me down i don't know but oh i like the sound you are amazing there's no doubt chop it off with an s cause you smooth me out
Friday, so I'm gonna keep it black, but I'm gonna keep it brief. If you dislike black girls, just say that. Ooh, Irv Gotti, it's time. This man been under fire all month after going on drink champs, calling Ashanti all kinds of exposing their sex life, admitting to virtually refusing to allow her the use of her own music, and opining about a relationship that ended 20 years ago. But this week, BET dropped a Murder, Inc. documentary where Irv Gotti was allowed to speak. That was their first mistake. There he got to run in his mouth, literally illustrating how he prayed on the 19, 20-year-old Ashanti in the studio at a time when he was a 30-year-old man controlling every aspect of the production of her music. This man there salivated at the mouth, talking about how good she looked in her juicy sweatpants, how he noticed their bond was growing after spending hours in the studio studio together. So he offered to take her home one day, walked to the door, and then made a decision to grab her ass and kiss her. Huh? Tom out, what took you so long? Huh? What is this delusion? And not once in his story did he provide any indicator whether she returned his affections or not, or consented to that kiss. Now, you can argue all you want that a 19, 20-year-old Rashanti was a grown woman making grown woman decisions. Except women's brains don't fully develop until maybe they're 25. But here we see a product of an era when young women were being placed in the hands of older men to develop their music careers. An era where grooming and manipulation were damn near the custom. Because loud as it kept, the reason nobody around R. Kelly said anything to him about Aaliyah is because they was looking at Aaliyah too. <laughs> Hello? Timberland, I'm talking to you, my boy. Thank God Miss Tina wasn't going for none of that shit. We also see a black girl merely existing, idealized in a sexual way and then made to deal with the consequences of that fantasy. Goodness gracious. Studies show that black girls are consistently required to take responsibility for the ideas of others. She's preaching today because their body makeup indicates that they must know more about sex, that they are far more vulnerable to sexual encounters and are more willing to engage in sexual acts. And they can't get away from it. Black girls, as in adolescents, are being held responsible for other people's ideas at home when 18 them tell them to go put on some more clothes when company coming over. Talk about it now. Instead of telling perv-ass Uncle Ronnie he can't come to your house no more nor be around your kids. Straight like that. Sorry to anybody's Uncle Ronnie who was not a perv. Black girls, as in adolescents, are being held responsible for other people's ideas. At school, when T-H-E-E -E, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw found that black girls disproportionately experienced the greatest racial and gender discrimination in being suspended or expelled from school than any other group, largely part due to dress code violations. And it's not just that white schools love. Black authority figures in black girls' lives play far too much into the ideals of black girls being too fast, too grown, even when wearing age appropriate clothing, makeup, and even colors, Lord. Why? Because of what we fear somebody's gonna do to them. But I'm confusion because then should not the plan be to make grand efforts to set standards and consequences in place for the people that hurt them? But no, because for centuries, white people and men have decided what to do with black women's bodies, be it for labor, be it for breeding, be it for pleasure, or simply to make a point by simultaneously emasculating black men, regardless of how these black women and girls have presented themselves for years. I'm saying. Hey, girl! As a female in the entertainment industry, you attract a lot of attention from guys. So you dress up, you show up for auditions, you have your makeup, your hair done. In order to avoid that, I started dressing down. When you see me, you're gonna see a fitted, you're gonna see a sweater, you're gonna see sweatpants. To not receive that type of attention. One thing guys do, if you turn them down and you tell them no, then it is you a bitch or they weren't even trying to talk to you in that type of way. And they blame you. So to avoid that, no dresses, less makeup, hair in a bun, a fitted. And y'all are so quick to bring up Megan Thee Stallion, the city girls. Hell, even our good sis Chloe Bailey when we have these conversations, when what we're talking about and what you're talking about are two different things. What we are talking about has to do with the lack of choice and the bondage of exploitation. What you're talking about has everything to do with the choice and the freedom of exploration. The anti-blackness of rape culture rests on the adopted forms of massage noir 
Bazaar, reinforced and upheld by black men and women who rushed to the aid of black people continuing to provide the benefit of the doubt. An innocent until proven guilty mindset when it comes to predatory individuals because for whatever reason, their sanctity is more important than whatever pain, discomfort, uncertainty, or confusion, or even pressure the girl in the situation may have experienced. So if you dislike black girls, just say that. They do. If you believe important men are entitled to sexual advances with or without consent, just say that. They do. If you believe attractive black girls shouldn't expect to take up space freely around grown men without consequence, just say that. Period. Period. Once again, Lynn Easy dropping them jewels. I mean, she just eloquently states so many things. I'm glad her clips go longer these days. They used to go like two and a half minutes now to like five minutes. But it's just so much wisdom dropped there from, from such a young lady. And I really appreciate the candor because <clears throat> the things she talks about are things that need to be spoken up more about. It needs to be spoken up more by men, preferably black men. Because it goes back to the saying that black men have not been the covering they needed to be for their black women. That's the simplest fact. Um, I became more aware to this, even though I was raised by black women, my grandmothers, my mother, my sisters, I failed to see this. Even growing up, my mom always thought that I was going to marry a white woman because of the ways that I had. I, I, understood. I still really don't understand what that means, but I digress. Not until I started to raise a young black woman myself that I was able to have the unmasked the uncovering of what the injustices was and how they were not being fairly treated. The, the plight, well, I always like to say that being a black woman is like being black twice. I could see that clearer now. The over-sexualization of our women, of, of, of young girls in general. There's so many pedos out there, pedophiles, as I say, these guys who sit there and prey on young women because they think it's easier because they cannot facilitate. You have the R. Kelly's. People want to isolate R. Kelly. I'm not trying to not trying to give them any sort of passes, you know, but we can't demonize them. But the thing is, the thing that gets them is not the fact that he liked young women, not the fact that he was peeing on them, because you know why he was able to walk free with video evidence for over 20 years. Many people watched it and don't want, and now that could, they could get traced or tracked. Back when, when the internet was new, you can watch it and nobody would give a damn about it. They were sharing it like it was nobody else. Look at you getting peed on, look at it. Oh, she getting peed on. Now the, the FBI can flag your stuff and you, you have child pornography on your, on your computer now. But you weren't demonizing it 20 years ago. So you want to make him out to be, so the, the, the issue wasn't him doing what he was doing. It's when they uncovered and he got to talk to his ex-wife and say, wait a minute, he was impersonating these women. He was doing all, he's like, wait a minute, this is trafficking this. Oh, he, he he's not, he, he just isn't feeling his sexual, he, he's a demon. Because if that was the case, they could lock up BBD saying, backstage, underage, adolescent, how you doing? How many songs, you could go way back and find other songs about young women and older men. And it seems to be younger for black women because of whatever reason, maybe developing early, whatever. Uh, I haven't done the scientific facts on that. But there's black women I've met as I got older said they reached their uh, puberty at 10. 10. Not 12, not 13, not, not 10. These are babies, these are children. God forbid my daughter's 10 next year. I'm not ready for that. Have a pretty, and that's the thing. Oh, you have a pretty girl, and then everybody's looking at her. Remember, I talked about a time to kill. The girl in that flick, I believe she was 10. And those white men raped her and tried to dump her body. Remember, I talked about before in, in, in shows before we talked about the, the trafficking of women and the percentages that the black women carry because of the simple fact that it's easier to discard them because no one's really going to notice. You, the media is not going to pick it up, which is why I talked about episodes before, why it's very important for black people to own media. There's so many levels of this. See, the thing is, I'm taking you guys down a path. I'm taking you guys down a journey. It's the reason why in the summertime or the breaks that I have that I play old soapboxes. 
because it's all telling one big story. I'm in fear and I'm not supposed to live by fear, I'm supposed to live by faith and I understand that. But I am, I don't want, I don't want to be overprotective and bottle my daughter up so that way when she goes off and leaves my nest that she goes and runs free because like a, like a, like a runaway slave. Oh, I was free, let me go ahead and, and run wild. But if she never felt captive, if she never felt like handcuffed, how much wiggle room or freedom do I give her when I know there's predators out there? I can take advantage of her in her young state. When you go back, you could do the math I did on the previous show before. How many young women, and of course, exponentially black women, were taken advantage of or, or, or raped at an early age? These are the things that plague my mind. So as I see reports like these and I hear stories like these, I'm like, these sick bastards. And some of these dudes have daughters. Like R. Kelly has a daughter. Like these guys have daughters. I believe Irv Gotti has a daughter. So I'm like, how do you fix your brain? <laughs> and I do get it. Like, you know, for instance, I remember growing up, the girls in high school always had older boyfriends. Like they're 16 years old and have boyfriends 22. The thing that looks crazy about that is that you're a man. You can vote, you can drink everything. This is a child still in school has a curfew. So what are you guys really talking about? What what? How mature could she really be? It makes more sense when she's 30 and you're 35 or 36. That makes more sense. Yes, you guys are a whole four, five, six years apart. But once you get to a certain age, those worlds start to collide. You guys have likenesses. You guys can both drink. You can both vote. You both have jobs. You both have your own rent. You both have, you see what I'm saying? You both have life experiences. Now, one has a little bit more than the other, but you guys are at least still on some form of playing field. But when you're a child under your parents' roof, you have nothing to compare with a grown adult living on their own. Do you see the picture now? I know there was back in the days where you were young women were sold off as, as cattle in a sense. It's like, hey, let me go ahead and give you these hens and these chickens and these cattle for my eldest daughter. And this would be a grown man, sometimes his age. Your dad, 35, this dude's like 32, marrying his little 14-year-old daughter. That's usually how it was. And they did that because they wanted a level of control. Because at that stage, her mind hasn't fully developed. You can still mold her into who you want her to be. Sounds like slavery. Until the day we can stop looking at our women as property. Until the day we can start looking at them as truly as equals, because we know in this country that women have only been able to vote for the last hundred years, and that's the white women. The reason why we still see Brittany Griner's situation, nearly 200 days wrongfully captivated over there in Russia because of the simple fact that she's not on equal playing field. We said before, and you said, oh, don't say she stepped Curry or LeBron James. They would have never done that. Damn it, if it were them, they would have been home already. And those are black men, but you know why? These guys are our stars. They entertain us. Brittany Griner, you play in the WNBA. We don't, we brilliant. A lot of us didn't even know who you were until this happened. You see the difference? Don't think for a second that that does not tie into this. It all ties together. No one's sexualizing her because she, she it is not the same. However, it's showing the worth or the worth we place on these people, on this demographic, on these black women. I'm going to keep pushing this narrative forward because people need to open their eyes and see. Even if you have a daughter, you might have a blind spot to some of these things because in the way you were trained to think, they are not your equal. They were a trophy for you to obtain. They are someone you could put on a pedestal and say, look how beautiful my wife is. Or we talk in the locker room, what girl you took down the night before. But you see, when you start to think of that young lady that you're courting, and you're, I'm talking to you guys, your younger guys who are in your early 20s, 18 age years, my followers and listeners. When you court her, you have to think as her, and this is going to sound weird, but as your mother, as your sister, 
and no you're not looking at them in the same light because damn it if you're attracted to them <laughs> you may be somewhere in arkansas or something but my point is you got to give them the same level of reverence because they are going to be someone's mother and they are someone's sister and daughter you have to think about it that way and yes i'm coming to you from a 40 year old man who wished to some degree he was able to do better by them but i've learned now that i'm a father for the last nine years so take that with that as you will and i give you this energy and this information hopefully it's here to help somebody see the errors of their ways until next time You can win As long as you keep Your head to the sky Be optimistic Well, that's it this week, guys. Another great show. Another great week. I really appreciate all my faithful listeners, man. You guys are amazing. Thank you for bringing me back. You guys give me life. This is therapy for my soul. The music choice this week was Curious by LSG. That's LaVert, Sweat, and Gil. Old school combination of some powerhouses. They feature LL Cool J. Buster Rhymes and Little Kim. Great song. Great, great tune. Go ahead and give that some more spins. Give that some more spins. Um, once again, if you like the show, like it. And of course, of course, subscribe. And of course, of course, of course, share. Now it's time for our final word. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exacerbate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love, for, for God is love. Until next time, peace. Oh, 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 oh,